Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Hi, everyone, and thank you for tuning into the Hollywood Reporter's Tony Nominees Roundtable. I'm Scott Feinberg, and so thrilled and privileged to be joined by five outstanding performers who have all been nominated for Tony Awards, which will be presented at the 75th Tony Awards on June 12th. Let's introduce them. First, Hugh Jackman, a Best Actor in a Musical nominee for The Music Man, in which he plays Harold Hill, an American con man who shows up in River City. Also now Ruth Nega, a Best Actress in a Play nominee for Macbeth, in which she plays the conspiratorial plotter Lady Macbeth. Mary Louise Parker, a Best Actress in a Play nominee for How I Learned to Drive, in which she plays Lil' Bit, woman reliving childhood molestation at the hands of her uncle. Sam Rockwell, Best Actor in a Play nominee for American Buffalo, in which he plays the talkative hustler Teach. And Jesse Williams, a Best Featured Actor in a Play nominee for Take Me Out, in which he plays a baseball star who comes out as gay. Thank you all so much for taking time out of your off day. I know this is a precious time on uh, when you're working as hard as you guys are, so great to have you. Everyone represented at this table is here for a revival, which I found just kind of something we might want to talk about. Some of these are shows that go back decades, even centuries in some cases, and all have previously been done on Broadway except for How I Learned to Drive, which was done off-Broadway. So I'd like to begin by asking each of you if we can just talk about what led you to sign up for these parts and why now was the time to revive these particular shows. So, uh, Hugh, can we start with you? Um Wow. I, I, the first thing I ever did uh, was The Music Man at high school. Um, wow. I was 14. Wow. So it, it's been there somewhere. That was, at my school, you weren't allowed to be in the show until you were in grade nine. So I was 14. And I, I absolutely loved it. I fell in love with the whole thing. So somehow I was sitting there and um, for many years, I would say 15 years uh the idea of doing The Music Man at some point was bandied around or I was thinking about it or people would nudge me or someone would say, oh, you've got to do that. And so I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, and maybe, yeah, maybe, I don't know when. And I remember the day, I, I don't know why, but I just went, huh, The Music Man. And it was about four years ago. And all of a sudden I'm like, damn, I'm almost 50. Damn, I think I might have missed the boat. <laughs> um, and I felt this immediate urgency. And so I... I rang my agent who weirdly had had a call that day 
inquiring about me doing no. music med. Wow. So, uh, so that's that's how it happened, and I, and I don't know why something rings faintly for many years, and I'm. And you think, oh, one day, maybe one day, and then all of a sudden, there's there was an urgency to do it. So and that was for me, I guess, in terms of why now I. I and let's just note it was first done in 1957 with Robert Preston in the role you're playing. Yeah. Um, you've been, of course, very associated with the musical genre, but it's actually been almost 20 years since people last saw you on right. Broadway in one. Um, so just in terms of the the why now, I I. I'm a little surprised. That, first of all, I'm surprised I'm in a musical. I started, I'm just an actor who somehow stumbled in to musicals. In fact, in, when I was in Beauty and the Beast, the first musical, it was in my contract that I had to have a singing lesson once a week, which they paid for. <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, so, and it's been a wonderful sort of diversion, which I've loved and been very surprising to me. But it, when I went back this time, I was like, I'm not going to leave it 18 years. It's it's a mm. you know there's a lot of muscles that you need for a mm. musical. Was that boy from Oz you did before? Yeah, you were fucking amazing. Yeah, in yeah. you were amazing. Thank in you, man. So wow. it's been a long time, and I, I I'll try not to leave it that long. Yeah, please not. And and not and just to clarify, you've been back on Broadway, but in plays. So now good to have you back in musical. Mary Louise, you have been on Broadway since 1990, most recently in the Sound Inside, which you were so great in and won Tony for that. Uh, just technically, I guess. It's season ago, even though it's all, these seasons are all <laughs> skewed by COVID. Um, but it was actually off-Broadway, as we referred to earlier, 25 years ago that you first uh, appeared in How I Learned to Drive. And I wonder if you can talk about just that. What's that? I was not very good at math, but I yeah, guess it was 25. Yeah, yeah, Sometimes yeah. I think recently I said it was 35. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's I'm telling you math, but I think it works out. But I mean, we no, should. that would make me... <laughs> A different, much different age. Well, but just to note, I mean, this is Paula Vogel's semi-autobiographical play. She's, I, I think that's the fair term, semi-autobiographical. She's talked about it. Um, and you are back with the same co-star, David Morse, the same director, Mark Brokaw, another company member, Johanna Day. Um, unusual thing to go back to a project 20 Highly years unusual. Yeah. Yeah. I, f I think pretty much from... I have a picture of myself standing on the street uh, right after the last show. And uh, from that day, I think I wanted to go back and like I was plotting some kind of like, uh, I just wasn't finished with it. I don't know if I ever feel finished with um, anything, place. Um, and every time I've gone back to do something, uh, I've had a similar fear that what was there won't be there or that it will be, um, I don't know, that that uh, it won't maintain what it had before, but it always seems to distill it into something stronger, um, which in some ways it hasn't. In some ways, you know, I was much younger then, so there's that element I don't have going for me. But um, I think since pretty much we left. I wanted to do the play again. I never, we, it just took a very, very long time to uh, arrange everyone. And it's interesting though, because you've said that, um, I guess around the time of the first run, there was a thing in the Village Voice where they were, they 
yeah. <laughs> a cover. <laughs> Theater Too Tough for Uptown yeah. was all about this show, which was done off-Broadway. Here we are. I don't know what that says about what's happened to us as a society in 25 years or whatever, but it's it's uh, interesting. I that- thought there would be a different uh, response. I, I was concerned there might be a slightly different response to it because we're so polarized right now and everything is so black and white. Um, and this play is all about gray area and it's it's really moving to me that um the audiences seem to uh allow for that yeah yeah sam you made can your, i can i just yeah, please, chime this one please. little anecdote yeah. you reminded me i remember listening to um an audio book when i was a drama school of sir john gilgood and yeah. he talked about doing hamlet i think he did it professionally eight times and he said i never felt finished with it and he always never. felt that he could do something better. And at the time of recording the audio book, he said, and I look back and he said, damn it, I think it was best the first time. (laughs) Wow. That's so funny. Wow. That's so funny. I've I've done many plays uh, more than once. Some one like three times, I think, before. Yeah, and I really... I, don't know, I really it's enjoy that process. Just really enjoy always that wanting to yeah. get it a little better. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, Sam. Yeah. Broadway debut twelve years ago in a Behanding in Spokane, Martin McDonough yes, show, yes. which had never been performed before. Then you were incredible. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And then Chris a, Walken, yeah. a revival, though, seven years ago, which I was lucky to see in yes. Sam Shepard's Full for Love. Yeah, uh, which we know. did at Williamstown a year previous and so yes that, yes yeah. i don't know if you've kept up your lassoing since yes, then kept, but yes uh, <laughs> a little bit a little bit yeah um but here you are now stepping into shoes first walked in 45 years ago by robert duval then by al pacino i mean a lot of these roles have been uh played by just incredible actors before um what was the allure for you to this um play? i guess you want to chew on the big parts right you want to chew on the on the big he, he, I, I, somebody told me it was my mom or somebody told me uh, you have to play the great parts if you want to be a good actor, a great or a great actor if you can get to that point. And uh, so I be I outgrew Hamlet. So this is one of the ones that was was left. And it takes a lot for me. I don't know about you guys. I I had to kind of work up. I did a lot of plays uh, in Williamstown. I was kind of hiding. <laughs> And I did Stanley and Zoo Story, and I did a bunch of good plays. But I, uh, uh, Streetcar and Dumbwaiter, and with Joko Ivanek and how uh, Baltimore, you know, I did all these like things at Williamstown. And then it took me a long. I mean, I was in my forties, I think, when I got to Broadway. So I was I was very scared to go to Broadway. I had some opportunities, and uh, especially big roles. So this is a big deal. Fool for Love was a big deal, and this is even a bigger deal. What was it? Do you think uh, is it just the idea of Broadway that was daunting? I've been doing theater since I was a kid, but I think the idea of it was. But really, it's the same process. Maybe you try to talk a little louder. I don't. I don't know. But it's, <laughs> it's the same thing, um, you know. But it, I, I, I it was just. Uh, but I think you have to tackle those parts if you want to improve, and you know, the stage is like a gym and yeah. that kind of thing. Well. 
the idea of Broadway is something I want to ask both Ruth and Jesse about. This is your Broadway debuts, not uh, Ruth, certainly not the uh, beginning of your theater career in, in any way. You've been doing lots on uh, in Dublin and London and, and elsewhere, uh, multiple productions of Shakespeare. But to come to New York to do the 48th production on, on Broadway of Macbeth. Is that wow. what it is? 48th. Wow. Yep. Um, did you have to kind of know that there was that that you guys would do something slightly different than the other 47 or what was or was it just the allure of whatever it's Broadway or, or what was the appeal to you of? of you no, know? Um, I think, I, well, you know, I'm not really interested in doing something different just for the sake of difference, you know, and I think with 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 Shakespeare, I don't know. I think I think he doesn't need anything. You know, he doesn't need anything gimmicky. I mean, the language is so beautiful and just it's it's it's, it's standalone. You know, I think it just um, I don't know. For me, for me, Shakespeare, it sort of it cracks you open as a person as an and as an actor. Um, and I just thought like to do. To do my favorite playwright on Broadway, you know, it would be extraordinary. And like, I literally haven't stopped smiling. It's been such a joyful experience, you know, and I understand why, you know, Broadway has this sort of um, reputation of mythic proportions because there is an energy on Broadway, you know, that is sort of unique and special and there's a vibrancy and it really is um it sort of bubbles underneath you and i you know that's um it is it is everything i hoped it would be and more that's great that's great well um jesse of course people know and love you for screen acting for many years um most notably Grey's anatomy but other stuff as well um and here now with take me out which was previously performed on broadway in 2003, I guess the same season that you was doing Boy From Oz, um, it's back. And this is your your I believe not only your first Broadway production, but really um, correct me if I'm wrong, but sort of first really major theatrical outing. It's my first play. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've, I, did a, I did a one act play, yeah. to, to be fair, off Broadway with, of all people, Edward Albee, ah. um, who directed uh, us at the Cherry Lane. Uh, oh, we did the God. American Dream in the Sandbox. So I did a one act uh, once. That was the only time wow. I'd, I'd been on stage. And this is the first time doing a Wow. So full deal. was it something that was always on the, the bucket list? Because my sense from just reading about this was that when you were initially approached, you were not so sure you wanted to do this. Uh, that's true, but for a variety of reasons. I mean, I came to acting later. You know, I started, I was 29, I think, when I when I started acting, uh, 28. And um, so all of this was new and not something I had in my horizons. I, hadn't, I, hadn't, I was going to be a lawyer when I realized I couldn't, I wasn't big enough to be a football player. Um, so, uh, so theater was something I always admired and respected. And it seemed like this really daunting mountain that's just awesome and over there. And um, I, but when I did the one act uh, with, with Mr. Albee, I, several weeks in, you know, just had that discovery moment. Oh shit, this is, the audience is part of this. I can do this so many different ways. I've just, it just, you know, that little, all that kind of actor one-on-one things that click, that was for me just a little bit later in life, just realized that I can do so many different, I can play, release the 
the pressure, the tension, the scariness, the high wire act of these people sitting here looking at me and just play and figure it out and listen and listen. I was working with George Bartenev and Myra Carter and um, Judith Ivey and these incredible actors. So I was just listening and learning. But um, to do this, when it first came uh, across my lap, um, it was, yeah, it was a little too scary. I was also, I would have had to quit my job to come out and try this amorphous, mysterious thing. Um, and all, and it, the lead headline was, do you want to be naked on Broadway in this gay baseball play? Right. Like, what? That's it's a lot. Can't be the appropriate description <laughs> for that. But, but, um, <laughs> but I don't think I'm ready to pack up and leave everything I know for that. I just started, I wanted st stability of some kind. Um, and it just seemed too intimidating. Um, but then I sat, I settled in and right before, I guess a year before, I guess 2019, uh, it was sent to me, and I actually sat down and read it and had a new perspective. I think I was just a little bit more emotionally mature um, and confident in myself and that I, I, had a, I had some years under my belt. And, okay, uh, what is this about? And once I read Richard Greenberg's words, um, I didn't really have a decision to make. I had to do it. It was the story. The story um, moved me. It was incredibly compelling, and the role was terrifying. And... I knew that's what I needed. I, I moved past the stability need to I need to be scared. I need to be challenged. I need to go back to school. I need to be in the gym. I need to work out. I've, I've, I've got my little foundation. I got my little ducks in a row. Now I need to do what I live for, which is to uh, you know do something really challenging. I, I was reminded recently that the moment I graduated university, I miss university. Like I like to be learning. I like to be um, in those places of discomfort that seems like the only real, um, you know, times that I feel alive. Um, so, so yeah, I just, I didn't really have a decision to make. Once I read it and sat with it, um, it seemed not only super relevant to me and checked all those boxes, but the world, it, it seemed like a really nice time to have this conversation and, and exploration, um, particularly around male identity and relationships and, and, um, and all of it's woven into that. Yeah. Well, I believe that all of your shows, except for Ruth, were already in motion to some degree when COVID mm. shut down Broadway. Um, so I wonder if you guys can talk. Shut down? I was no. shut down. Oh, yeah. No, we, yeah, we, we were. But you were coming up. It was happened. It was in motion. So can I just, I guess, want to talk about where, where, where were things with your shows on March 12th, 2020? And what was it like for you and your company during the shutdown, forget about all the complications since you've returned, just because I think this is, you know, I don't know if anyone, anyone's had enough time to sort of stop and think about it, but historically it's a pretty unprecedented, I mean, there was the 1918 pandemic and apparently Broadway did not shut down at that time um, for better or worse. I don't know what the implications of that were, but just you guys have all been through uh, and are continuing to go through a, a unprecedented time here on Broadway. And so uh, just curious, um, you know, what I pandemic believe. pandemic was that? Was that was the Spanish, Spanish flu? The Spanish there, was, flu. there was a Broadway back then? There was. What, what year was that? 1918. Oh, yeah. Of course there was. Yeah, yeah. Good year. Good year. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but Mary Louise, Jesse and Sam, I think you guys were coming up on your first previews. Mary Louise, what was. Oh, wow. Yeah. We, we hadn't moved into the theater, but um, there was a. Uh, a moment over the pandemic where uh, 
I can be a really fantastically negative human. Um, uh, or maybe it's just fear, you know, fear that something bad is going to happen. So sometimes you present like something negative thinking that will ward it off. But so I think there was a part of me that was considering what if I never get to be on stage again, which is really, um, where I'm happiest. Uh, and I really, I really and truly thought that the last day or the last memory that I held was rehearsing this one scene with um, David Morris. And I had this, I didn't, I couldn't see behind me, but I had this feeling there, there were only five people in the room, but there were these two wonderful, uh, they're kids to me, they're like 30 something, but um, <laughs> who are in the company. And I could feel them watching and I felt like this, you know, quiet in the room and David, who is just beyond words and I felt like if when I left the room that day if that's the last time I ever act period I'm so enormously lucky I felt for having done that scene there were you know six people in the room if there were no people in the room if it were me and David I would feel that way and I I just held on to that memory and whenever I thought about it I felt uh I felt lucky and um glad that I got to have it yeah uh well, I guess, uh, Jesse, you guys were similarly coming up on it. This was yeah. going to be your, again, your right. big Broadway debut in a in a production that I'm sure just mentally and physically you had to do a lot to get yourself ready to go do this. And then yeah. what happens? Yeah, we had moved out. We were in beginning our third week of rehearsals. We hadn't gone into, into tech either, but we were in our third week of rehearsal. And yeah, shifted everything around and built up this thing. I'm going to... You know, and, and rehearsals were going really well. Uh, I felt terribly behind and intimidated and felt like I was going to get fired. But but it was fun. And uh, yeah, and we shut down. And then, you know, Ruth and I were just talking about this. Those first couple of weeks, if you remember, you think this is going to last a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. So we're on Zoom running it every mm -hmm. few days. Yeah, we were doing that. Uh, we, did, yeah. we did like an, the day that was supposed to be opening night. We did an opening night party on <laughs> Zoom and like announced yeah. it. Oh, announced it. did that too. You know, like all these kind of like somewhat depressing celebra yeah. celebrations. That's so funny. And just kind of kept up with each other. And then at a certain point, I put it away because it was becoming, it had turned the corner into sadness. You know, this thing that, what if yeah. I don't get to do this thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. This was such a totally. perfect package, this yellow brick road to a huge part of my future that I was so excited about. And, and I, then it just became this this thing that didn't, maybe, maybe I'll never get to do it. Maybe I never get to do it this way with these people and this story. So I just, I, I didn't want to get ready. It's such an emotional experience, as we all know. You get you have this relationship with this thing and it keeps breaking up with you or well, it keeps and, not meeting you. And, uh, you and I read it with, with you guys and I'm sure this is true of, of all the productions, but with take me out that, you know, there are a number of other people who there's a number of people in it who are, you know, kind of established, well-known actors sure. yourself uh, and, and Jesse Tyler Ferguson and others. Mm -hmm. But then there's people there who literally had quit a day job to go right. sign up to do this. Right. And now this isn't going to happen and they can't go back to their day job. Yep. Yeah. And this is a big deal. It was yep. a really, really big deal. And, you know, I think all these, all these, all companies are a team of sorts. You know, I think for a bunch of guys, this is, a, you know, a baseball team. There's a bunch of guys that are on a playing, you know, we're on a baseball team and all this camaraderie is getting built up. And 
folks are starting families in real life. I think a couple kids were born during the pandemic. There's a, we're all kind of building this thing and kind of both growing together and apart. But I don't know if we're going to be together again. So we don't know how committed, to, how much to interact. It, it was just, it was, it was a funky, it was a funky weird time. Certainly we're, you know, on the a privileged position to be able to come back together. So we're really grateful for it. Oh yeah. I had the same exact experience I, as you. And um, we were about to go to tech Except we felt we weren't quite ready. I was having some anxiety attacks and calling Richard Jenkins, and he'd played teach before. And uh, I remember, uh, and Lawrence and I did the same thing. We'd FaceTime, mm-hmm. and Lawrence had done this movie Contagion, and he knew some of those scientists. And I said, I remember we were we were running lines. Oh wow! I said, how long? Would you talk to your your doctor scientist friends about? He says, Yeah, man, it's going to be two years. I said, Two oh, years? Oh no! Two years. Because we thought, you know, yeah. remember we kind of thought it would be over in sure. a month or something. And then I had the same experience, you know, it was sad. We had to put it away, put it on the shelf for a few months. But, um, but yeah, I remember seeing Laurie Metcalf in uh, Virginia yes, Wolf. Yes, me too. And it was, I was, I was just, I started crying because I was like, I'll never be that good. And I was like, and it was right before we got shut down. Yep. I saw it the night. That was the last night. Yeah. I took yeah. my mother to see that. It was, it she was, was fucking so amazing. amazing. She I've was never fucking amazing. So- <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. And I felt we weren't ready. I got to tell you. And I'm so glad mm. it fermented like a, like a wine. And I don't even know if the world was, I mean, I think that there's something about the play that is relevant. I'm not sure why it's relevant now. Well, the simmering anger or whatever. Maybe. Yeah. I yeah. think there's a catharsis in the play for the audience, but. Uh, you know, so yeah. Wow. Well, and so Hugh, you guys were going to open in October, 2020. So you weren't necessarily as, as right No, No, you're right. Yeah. So we, we were starting July one. So in March, um, when it all happened, we were, yeah, we had two or three months and I had planned a bit of time off. So I had nothing, I had nothing except the music man. So personally it was, it was sort of okay. And weirdly for me, uh, maybe since about 2009, I was lucky enough to be in a position where if I was doing a film, I could say, well, I'll do it, but only in the summer because I didn't want to be away from the kids. So my poor kids got dragged to every location for as long as I can remember, but at least I could be with them. So I actually had never had a summer without working for as long as I remember. So a little bit of me was like, because they said, I listen, we're going to delay a couple of weeks, four weeks. And I'm like, and then we'll start September one. And I was like, Oh, so I might have a summer with my kids. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Who knew where it was going? But uh, I, I just then I, you know, I think I was really I could see it really affecting my kids and school and obviously the society and around us was devastating. And I just I was starting to get anxious too and um, feeling very powerless. And I, luckily enough, Warren Carlyle, who was our choreographer, we got into a room and we just danced and I sang every day for the well, wow. I was with him four days a week. And so for a year and a half, I was oh, getting into a room great. where he would sit over in the far corner yelling at me with a mask on and I danced for three hours and sweated and because I didn't know when I was going back, but I certainly, you know, I'm not a dancer or really a singer. So I was like, I better be on my game. And thank God I did because I spent, you know, I probably have five numbers and I would learn and do tap every day. And within, like, I, would, I remember getting to rehearsals and I'd had a year and a half, right? And so I remember seeing these young dancers and they were looking at me like, oh, 
They were like, oh, all right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Not knowing that I'd been a year and a half. And by lunchtime on the first day, they were all like, Woof. and I'm like, oh. <laughs> that literally bought me three hours of comfort. And then I was like, oh, wait, wait. It's <laughs> amazing. Well, we sh- we should note that when Broadway did, that's, uh, oh, that's w- awesome. When when Broadway, uh, thankfully, I guess, uh, uh, came back in September twenty twenty one, I believe it was. Um, you know, there it was. People were understandably incrementally coming back, hesitant a little bit, and I'm sure to some degree that's still the case. But but you know, the Music Man drew greater numbers of people in box office revenues than, than anything people had seen in since before the pandemic. So that was a, a big thing. But I know that for both the Music Man and for a number of you guys um, coming to you in a second, Ruth, the COVID did not, it's not like it stopped being a factor in what you were dealing with on a day-to-day basis just because the show's going on again. So um, let's start though, because Hugh, when you guys come back in, when you guys come back in December with previews, um, can you just share a little bit of the drama that you all encountered? You guys will, you'll share in my like astonishment that we have 49 actors in our show. Like I've never been part of anything, maybe half of that. That's a lot. A lot. Wow. And uh, I think it was 46. We've now added three or four more swings because of that period. There was one night where we had 20, uh, there was 14 people off and we still managed to do because a show. Because of COVID. Wow. Yeah. My yeah. friend texted me and says, I think you should change the lyric to 7.6 trombones because it was just beyond Dutton Studies, swings, everybody. Wow. There was one point where our assistant choreographer said, can I fit in the costume? Like it was all of that. <laughs> wow. People were taking on roles that they hadn't studied. My, wow. So. Wow. Sutton was off. Uh, she was, she, her daughter got COVID. And of course, then she got COVID. And then I knew it was because I'm kissing her every night. It was like a matter of time, but she, she was off. And the swing ended up going on because the understudy had COVID. Oh. Actually, I'm not sure if she's a swing and an understudy. They hadn't even got to the point of who's the first understudy. Wow. Had never had a rehearsal. She came in that day, Kathy Boyko, and they said, oh, you're on. And she's a swing, so she's covering eight or nine tracks. And she said, oh, oh which part? And they said, um, Marion, Peru. And she goes, <laughs> what? Is she on book? They, no. Wow. They handed her a, a little mini script with just her scenes highlighted everything and luckily she'd been in rehearsal watching but she's watching nine tracks not just Mary. Wow. and that was 12 o'clock she found out she was on and by union law you have to go through the ins and outs of every scene so they said listen we have time for you to actually do every scene probably once and sing every song once and so that was one to five i'll never forget there was a break of about 10 minutes and there's a little stairway going up in the backstage and I saw her sitting on the she didn't have time to go to her dressing room she was sitting on the stairs just pouring over her book and my I literally my stomach dropped and she went on that night like wow basically it really is a heroic time for understudy yeah. oh my yeah. god yeah. what a skill set you had a well our director yeah. went on one night yeah, yeah Sam went I on to here with Ruth like he went on he went on yeah <laughs> it was really Sam weird Gold, right? <laughs> who went on who was dead he went wrong no um so um, I think, like, if people had showed up to see Donald Craig and Macbeth and he wasn't playing yeah. Macbeth, I think there would have been down. riots. <laughs> so we just didn't yeah, go. Yeah. We just shut yeah. the show down. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, Sam Sam went on um, one night with a book in his hand and 
a microphone and was like wow. performance art peak. Wow, <laughs> yeah, wow. that and, was surreal. I mean, and and then a number. Uh, I mean, all of you have audience members who are pretty much right up in your face. None oh, more yeah. so than right Sam and Lauren. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yesterday, Lawrence went like this. <laughs> Oh, like really? She, had, she was during the oh, woman's mask. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she, they were, you know, moving yes, up all over masks. Right. Like, and he, he went like this. Wow. Know? And they kept chatting. They were in our lap, man. I mean, yeah. Like, you know, yeah, you got the whole cross breeze like, of audience right across. I mean, you got yeah, yeah. yeah. across the stage I think and touched the guy. My head with it. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> well, but so I how had did COVID at Christmas? So. Well, so how do you guys feel, though, about, I mean, on the one hand, I think the vast majority of people are doing what they're supposed to do. You guys have your yes. signs with the masks up mm-hmm. uh, uh, at the beginning of all the shows and most people. But I mean, even just the financial necessities of keeping these shows and theaters going, most of them, um, I've, I've been to all of your shows, obviously. I'm pretty sure every one of them has concessions and stuff being sold at sure. intermission. That has to happen. Maybe not, you guys. We didn't for a while. We started now. I can't remember when it – for a period, there wasn't. But now this – now so now the, they're yeah. making some money on that. People come back up after the first act, and they can eat or drink in their seat, with their, which means the masks are coming down. Hmm. Um, I guess is there any – is there a better way or are you guys – I like to think that we're yeah. getting slow immunity like a, like a nurse. <laughs> a slow drip. A slow drip of uh, no. COVID. No. Wait, do you have an intermission – we do, yeah. So we oh, have people we don't have an intermission. Yeah. That's we, that's we can't oh, bring that's why, yeah. drinks into our theater. No. You know, well, you, you can't. They, oh, no, right. people oh. smuggle them in. Smuggle them. And I hear crinkles. The longest crinkles possible. <laughs> like, what do you have in <laughs> right, there? Right, right. Like wow. Carnival food or something. But wow, wow. but you're not allowed to. But I, right. your show, you're allowed to have drink, yeah, plastic yeah, yeah. cups. And, and I guess and coughs and sneezes ring differently oh, yeah. these days. Oh, we had Oh, my God. My son was an usher. He's been ushering since he was like 11. Like when he's just around, but he uh, was meant to usher for How I Learned to Drive. And yeah. one night he came, he was sitting in the back and he's, you know, he literally grew up in the theater, yeah, like yeah. literally mm. in the, <laughs> you know, and uh, he was sitting in the back of the house. So he's really, like, you do not talk. Right. Talk and he's the most polite kid in the world, right? He's yeah, super totally. polite. <laughs> but he, but he, but not in the theater, you don't do that. And especially if his mom is on stage and he was, there's this man sitting there and he like heard this crinkle, crinkle and Will went, put his hand on the back of the seat and he went, no food, <laughs> no food. That's amazing. Yeah. And the woman turned around like this and the man turned around and looked at him and Will went, <laughs> and she said. held up this pack of tissues because she was uh, crying. Oh, <laughs> oh, wow. And he was like, oh, <laughs> go on, go on then. But I think they kind of, the man was kind of like appreciated it because he was a theater goer. So he was like understood. And he wasn't like nasty or anything. But for him, he's very like, rules are, no, no. (laughs) Not a discussion. And she was brilliant. Well, <laughs> let's uh, let's turn. I was to like, good boy. anyway, <laughs> yeah. looking out for his mom. Yeah. I like his style. <laughs> well, so I'm curious what for each of you. You forget about the stuff that's going on around you while you're performing. What is it about the the performance of, as of these characters that you find the most challenging uh, as you as you do it. I guess, Marilise, I want to come back to you. Just I obviously answer however you wish, but I would imagine that it's it's got to be a, an interesting 
you different kind of thing to be having to play a character at many different ages as young as 11 at when you did it 25 years ago when you're doing it now i mean that's not and yet we totally buy it and so i don't know how you do it what you what what you're doing that that makes it work but i is that to you was that the most daunting no no that it has to end that it has to end yeah yeah mm. and wow. yeah um hugh you guys are working your asses off there running around for What's the runtime? Like two and a half or something? And two and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so know, these, these all musicals I've, I've done, I did Oklahoma as well. There's, they were built in a way that was a little more actor-friendly than yeah. the modern musical. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember The Boy From Oz was, I had. I think I had 22 songs. I was never off stage. Wow. And, you know, and, you know, I have five or six songs. Sutton has five or six songs. There's a... There's a couple of moments that feel like a smoke bro smoker. Like it feels like they were like back in the day. <laughs> totally, like, mm. that's exactly what it is. It was right? for smoke what's, breaks. What's this smoke right. break? Smoke break. Oh, 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 smoker. Yeah, like, yeah. Yes, let's give Robert Preston right. money 10 minutes I always remember that with Shakespeare too. Even yeah, the big definitely. roles, you'll get an act off somewhere. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. one act where mm-hmm. you're out, right? Definitely. Definitely. So it feels manageable with that. It does. And how do you get your head around that time? That I, I, you know, I, I, I have that in my, I guess I get it from my father, a little bit of the suck it up, pack horse. I have that in my DNA a little bit, mm-hmm. but this does not feel like that at all. And I, I can't say it hasn't always. There was times when Boy From Oz, I remember they asked me to, it was, didn't start great and then was doing great. And they were begging me to do, could you do three more months? And I said, guys, I just can't. And I, September 16th, eight, this 18 years, I still remember the day. It was like, mm-hmm. oh God, September 16th. Mm-hmm. And a, this does not feel like that. That at was all. like 14 months, right? You did. I don't think you missed a no, performance. No. And it just, um, this feels joyous. I look forward. I remember the other night, it was Tuesday night. I was taking my makeup off and the thought, oh, I get to do it twice tomorrow. Wow. And I, I went, what? Wow. <laughs> yeah. It was always a bit like, oh, too much. <laughs> yeah. This, you yeah. know, and musicals, slightly different from plays, is you've always had that, ang- yeah. the voice anxiety. I mean, you have it in a play if you've lost your voice, but. Uh, yeah, but I'd say When it's you're singing different. just a little yeah. bit of, and you're like, so there's a slightly different anxiety to it, but I just am having the time of my life. Mm. It's got a lot to do with um, the people I'm working with. The actors are just incredible. Sutton is just on another level. She's uh, uh, she's miraculous. She's the most incredible actor and it's different every night and playful. And and there is a, back to what you said, there feels in a different way, I feel like Music Man is connecting in a very it's a very joyous piece. It's really about music and joy and laughter and community. And so there's something very much happening, I feel, in the audience as well um, that is very buoying. And Ruth, uh, wondering what, what for you has been the most daunting, aside from the fact that I was very impressed with how you guys handled. I'm pretty sure it was not a planned thing when I was at your performance. Your they do it on stage that wouldn't zip up <laughs> they change her outfit on stage and it couldn't everybody was like kind of discreetly trying to get it to zip up and the zipper was stuck my zipper that happened yeah. to me in proof actually <laughs> really yeah, yeah. See, it got stuck on my bra I had to take off my yeah oh my nightmare. Yeah. what oh can you gosh. do like <laughs> I just um, <laughs> I had an opportunity to run backstage and it's like Formula 1 back there it's like a pizza <laughs> like, like yeah. dressers like rush to you and launch right. into it and they sort it out Right. 
but look what can you do it's you know and I think I don't know um, yeah and I just think well you know that's exciting isn't it a bit <laughs> <laughs> but I guess like on a day to day is there something that or what what gave you the yeah. most uh, pause I guess is the um well, really, I don't know, maybe it's the time that we're in at the moment, but I, there's just this, like, delicious energy at the moment that I feel super buoyed by, you know, and I think the thing is, is maybe it's the Irish Catholic in me. What I'm worried about is having too much fun <laughs> playing a woman who um, orchestrates the demise of a king. <laughs> but look, I mean, yeah. I'm sure he was on his way out. Anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> say she wouldn't be great right, right. Um, <laughs> so I don't know I just feel that there's this um, sort of a, a jubilancy in, at the moment and there's a kind of um, and I you know it goes the company are just amazing do you know what I mean and maybe mm. it's because of the pressures of COVID and you know, feeling utterly grateful to be on stage. It's just, everyone's just so excited. It's like we've been let out of jail. We kind of have, do you know what I mean? Um, and and this kind of, we're all like heaving towards the same thing. And, and what's most important is like, obviously the play, but like, are we, are we being kind to another? Are we having a nice time? You know, it's like, I want to enjoy my work. I want to enjoy going out there because it is a very joyful thing. And I think sometimes for me anyway, that those two years made me think of like, I mean, I, I hope I don't, and I don't think I do take things for granted, but that just drove it home. Like this is a very special thing to stand in front of people who, you know, have paid a lot of money to sit in a dark room to see people shouting at each other, um, you know, and connect, you know, that's, that's a very and they're special risking thing too. Right and, they're now. Risking, and I feel yeah, like so grateful totally. when I look out. Sometimes I just get, I feel so moved when totally. I see. I also have a direct address, so you see. Right. I don't see so much, um, but there's just a sea of masks, and you ha- you really feel it so moving that people, like you totally. said, they bought these tickets that are cost more than they probably should, uh, and uh, and they're risking something by coming out and sitting in a crowd. Yeah, so, it's so. It's I feel so grateful to them. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, speaking, I mean, Jesse, I can think of a few things about your part that would be daunting to a lot of most people, uh, just the demands of it. And I wonder, are those the things that were uh, were or are still the the same things from the beginning now that you've been doing it for, for a while and are coming to the end? Or are they different? Have they changed over time? Uh, they've changed. I think I'm getting my head around it now, of course, as we're about to close. But um, for me, it has been the, the emotional kind of turmoil and trauma and pain and figuring out how to, as a human being, metabolize that and and not let it take me into a downward spiral over a period of time. I think I, on the page, it's one thing what this character goes through. And then, you know, having a character that's so sure-footed and sh- so confident and so certain about his lot in life and then to have his 
face and heart rammed into a toilet for the entire second act and just just the heartbreak and the pain and the devastation and the disappointment of for all the people around from all the people around him uh that started to really beat the shit out of me honestly uh after over a while over a period of time and um um i've had to just kind of figure out how to let that go at the end of the shows and and not try to take so much of it home with Is me there and a technique yeah i've worked on my own kind of process of grounding and a little quick meditation i do in my dressing room before i go out to the lobby and and talk to people and do the stage door and everything just to kind of a quick cleanse process and um and uh kind of uh, categorize when and where I think about this, try not to have it in bed with me, but I'll work on it in the morning and try to place it. Um, a quick antidote, and I've told this story once before, is uh, I was talking to my uh, sister-in-law about it. She saw it, like, wow, that is a really emotionally difficult to watch. It must be really hard for you to do every night, blah, blah, blah. And um, we were talking about this, and then she's got my niece and nephew, these two amazing children, three and four, and... And the next week they're over at the house and we're talking and talking about the play and some other things. And their names are Clay and Mighty. Um, and they both uh, are pulling on me, Uncle Jesse, Uncle Jesse, we got, we built, made something for you. And I turn and they've got this little like paper mache, like wrinkled, beautiful, colorful little box. And he says, this is for you to put your bad feelings in after the play. That is so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, my heart broke. I am my. I, wow. So sweet. And I have it right there in my dressing room. On my dressing room uh, table. So, um, so experiencing that, I've just now kind of turned a corner, and I thought about uh, something you said. Reminded me of my kids are they, they live in LA and they visit a couple. They're in school, so they visit briefly once a month, and um, they're here now, and. Yesterday, we had a really great day. We're celebrating my son's birthday a little bit early. And just them being here for the Sunday matinee, we woke up early, did some activities. I dipped off for the show, and I'm going to meet him the rest of the day. Just knowing that they're here, and I haven't seen him in quite a while, I just had no no anxiety or anything about the show. I'm just going to knock out the show, and go. I have them all weekend. It was just, I was so light walking in. Like, any of the little hang-ups and little tweaks I wanted to make just didn't weren't there yesterday for some reason. I just I had a great show felt great and got to go right back to them and it's just funny how little things can just relieve some of the weight like little marionette strings can just relieve some of the weight sometimes uh, depending on what you're going on going through personally but um yes th- i think that i i think that the covid break i would also say gave me time to emotionally mature and develop and go through some things and just rise a little bit i, I feel much more prepared to take on this role and take on life in general and relationships and being a father being an adult being a partner all those things i just feel like i have grown a bit and i and i think that uh i like to think that that helps um me tackle the role i'll just quickly note that while uh doing every you know everybody's talked about how what they were doing to stay ready for their shows during covid break you also found a little bit of time to produce an oscar winning document uh, uh live action short uh yeah. Judas and strangers which was Thank you, yeah. uh you know a pretty pretty amazing project during during the break but um sam yeah yeah um uh, what is the question, the question. <laughs> no just i guess uh you know what you found to be the most daunting aspect or find yes to yes, be the mo- yes. Yeah. i you know it's funny hearing everybody i i kind of feel everything that you're everyone's saying kind of a gratitude and also the burden like the boy from oz and what you're saying and and then also the gratitude that it's such an event now uh theater after covid or during or whatever and whatever you want to call this phase of the pandemic um it's such an event 
So there's this immense gratitude. And at the same time, the play itself is, is challenging. And if people who aren't familiar with the play, it's, it starts out kind of fun. And Lawrence and I are, you know, having a great time. And then it gets very toxic and we're yelling at each other and it's violent. And uh, so it, it can be, it, it's, it's, and also, you know, Pacino and Duvall were like in their 40s. I'm 53. So I think it's also, I'm a little old to, it's physically, it's, I think it's taxing. But, How about um, the mammoth of it all? I mean, you don't yeah. mess with his, he's got very specific. We don't mess with the Bible, no. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> and he, but he, I mean, and it. it's very, very kind yeah. of, uh, not the way everyone speaks. Uh, yeah, the cadence yeah. and the, I mean, just all of it. That, I yeah. would think that's got to be. No, we you got to know it backwards and forwards. Yeah. But I guess that goes for all Every, of us. Yeah, I mean, sure, you know, that sure. goes for everything. But it, but it, yeah, you got to know it backwards and forwards. We drill it, we drill it and drill it. Yeah, but it's 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 funny. It's it kind of what you were talking about. It's 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 got to it, if it's not cathartic, it, you feel kind of robbed, and so you're hoping the next day. Oh, maybe I can get it better the next day. And and if in some ways, if you're too relaxed, it doesn't work. It's a character like an Iago character, and so he's he's kind of a bit of a monster. <laughs> so you have to have a lot of, like, you kind of want this neurotic energy behind Teach. And if you don't have it, and it's sad to say, some of the times I'm at my sort of most anxious or, you know, whatever, I'm not having a good day, the performance is better. <laughs> and that's not a necessarily a healthy no, way no. <laughs> to go through life, you know, but it, but it's sometimes it's true. You right. know? Do you find like, um, do you know, especially if you're doing a long run or everything, or yeah. if you're doing something daily, like, do you find like that your life sort of, um, sort of uh, has an effect on the performance or can yeah, you like because sometimes yeah. I feel like sometimes it, it, it doesn't help me sometimes to like to, to just shut everything off sometimes I'm like well this is the energy you've got today yeah. mm -hmm. it's this, it's this okay. kind of an element of surrender into that yes, and seeing yes. what can come out of that and that to me is I'm finding interesting as I get bringing older, the day, bringing the bringing yeah. the day yeah, to it, yeah, and yes, see yes. what happens because it isn't Absolutely. always necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, um, and sometimes it's going to happen because you know that's what happens right. in life. If you're if you're doing a play every day, it becomes part of the fabric of your day, and yeah. other things are going to affect it. And anything can give it to you, right? Like anything, just somebody not the, moving, yeah. not moving their umbrella, or hitting yeah. you on the head with their umbrella or something. It's yeah. just like yeah. any <laughs> that can be the Ruthie speech or to whatever. You're, totally, you know, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, it, it, just one thing can give it to you. It's I funny when you're so angry in real life and then you can't access that mm -hmm. in front of the <laughs> camera. So stage. You're like, yeah. I just had it. <laughs> yeah. Why am I not, you know? But then sometimes you get lucky, yeah. I find this fascinating too because I'm playing with this more and more, I think, as I get older as an actor, but allowing not just the character to speak to me because it's. I think earlier on I was far more imposing my ideas or plans or my actions, whatever it was, yeah. is what I'm playing, and and now life. And I was, I had a really bad sleep Friday night, and I, uh, and then I was worrying during the night that I had two shows. And yeah, oh, that's that, the that, worst. That and then I, just, so yeah. I felt really <gasps> flat, and yeah, and I remember being in the wings, just went, all right, okay, I'm on this train, and yep. it's actually seven in the morning. He's probably been on this train all night. It was so much fun. 
<laughs> yeah. It was weirdly fun to feel flat. I could feel my heels really on the ground. I was like, oh. And a whole lot of different stuff happened. Yeah. And then this weird energy came and I was really glad I just sort of gave into it. But I, I'm not sure when I was training if I no. was told that was a good thing. It was like park <laughs> yeah. it. Definitely. It was very much park your private life. Definitely. The audience are not paying. They don't care what's happening. You, you know, certain yeah. character. But Part I think it. actually. Yeah. That's well, been a, a new thing for me just in th about theater in general. You know, it's cliche almost, but you can't plan for anything. And none of the ingredients, uh, you don't automatically get the sauce, right? Just because you have all the ingredients, right? I had a horrible sleep the other night. Then you start thinking about, oh, no, I'm having a horrible sleep before a two-show day. This is going to be a bad day, and yeah. I'm not sleeping. Now you're thinking about that. Yeah, totally. Then that day, and you go, me and, me and oh, man, Patrick God. Adams share a room, and we're always, one of us is always like, I don't know where it's going to come from today. Mm. But, but it's it going to come. Yeah, exactly. But it's going to come, and that turns out to be a great show. And then the one where you thought yeah, you were coasting, yeah. you fumbled, but you fumbled the ball a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> they can't tell the difference, but but you can. And, and and every time you get settled on something, that's when something new happens and it's alive. And you make some still making discoveries, which is so awesome. Yeah, yeah so and you go to yourself. Have your light bulb can, moments. Can, can Richard Jenkins or Laurie Metcalf tell the difference if they're in the audience? <laughs> can Probably. Tell the difference? <laughs> well, so another thing I want to bring up because we have the fortunate circumstance unplanned that really not only are you guys all um, extraordinary stage actors, but also work a lot on screen. Um, and I wonder, do you find that one, I mean, going back and forth between the two, does one form help you with the other or are they just totally unrelated? You're so good in that show with Allison Janney. God damn it. You were oh, fucking amazing yeah. in that. Thank you. Just say that. yeah, that's true. Thanks, Great. But I guess like, do you find that like, all right, you're the if you if you went away from the theater for a few years, at which some of you have had stretches like that, and then you come back, are you are have you been kept sharp by working on screen, or is it just a totally different uh, art medium for or or kind of skill set uh, demanded of mm. you? I mean, Hugh, what's your? I I've, I find both inform the other in really mm, good yeah. ways, mm, and sure. I'm like, mm. if what I've realized here is. I think I my balance has been a little heavier on the film side. Film side, I've come back and I thought it took me a little longer, and it could be the pandemic, but it just took me a little longer to find my feet and feel that confidence, full confidence on stage. And I think maybe doing a music. It's been eighteen years since I've done a full book musical. I was like, mm, I don't want to leave it that long. So, but for me, I find both informs the other. Uh, you and agree, Mary Louise? Yeah, absolutely. I just think working in general and just being around other actors, and I love actors so much. And um, even if you're not necessarily interacting with them that much, just being around them, I think the I think the longest I've gone since I've been in New York. It's like two and a half years, I think, without doing a play. And um, I, I could go two and a half years without seeing a camera and I'd be yeah. pretty A-okay. <laughs> but uh, I, I can't say the same about a theater. But I, yeah, at the same yeah. time, it, it, it requires uh, like something that I, I don't know. I, I used to think, oh, well, I'll just always have that available. And now I, I, I'm not sure, like, as I get older and I, you know, when my children get older and they, they have, their needs are bigger and that wears on you as you were saying like that for me, their day is my day. So whatever their day is, is I bring that and my day, whatever, you know what I mean with it. And so there's, there are times when I go, well, 
do, will I have that available? So I really want to, uh, relish even the days that where I'm like, oh, I'm flat. I have nothing. I, I want to relish even the, the crappy mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, there are a lot of people who are not actors who think about what you guys are doing here. Sometimes as many as right. Eight times a week, usually over months on end and think, how do you keep that? How that, that sounds masochistic to people that you would, Put yourself through that. It must get old. It must get stale. It must get boring. You must start. It must start to drive you crazy. And yet, almost uniformly, actors say that's not the case. So, for somebody who's well, it is. Oh, no, that it is. is the case. Yeah, but then it's also something else. Yeah. It's also glorious. So, yeah. So tell me, it what? is masochistic. It is all that. <laughs> but it's also when it's great, it's fucking great. Yeah. yeah. You know, and when you see a great stage performance, you know, I've seen, I've seen, the, I haven't seen your play. I've seen these guys on stage, and they're all fucking amazing yeah, yeah. and um you know i think that that when you see chris walken do uh the monologue in pulp fiction or or lawrence fishburne do morpheus mm-hmm. you know the reason they can do that and i've been on a set with her and she's Mary amazing Lisa, and yeah. you you get on sets with theater actors yeah. and uh i remember a day specifically when you had to cry over that that dummy, body? The dumb rubber body of Brad. Yeah. But um, Wait, which was our, our director was a little days. challenged that day. But anyway, but you know, the reason is because he's done, Chris Watkins done Coriolanus. He's done Hamlet twice. He's mm-hmm. done Romeo. You know, you've done Oklahoma. You've done, it, And so that monologue in Pulp Fiction, yeah, of course he can just, it's like butter. Or mm-hmm. Lawrence's, you think Morpheus was, he just, oh, I just pulled that out of his ass. He's right. been doing theater. Right. He did two trains. I saw him do two trains running, you know, like. Right. It's because they're definitely the the stage informs the film work. I think for so, sure. Well, George so the, C. Scott, whoever you know, yeah. Viola, you know. Well, and to that end, so Jesse, you go back now. Let's say you do a yeah. film or TV. I'm super excited to see. I do feel like Definitely. I've been on steroids. Yeah. No, I've never been on yeah, steroids, yeah, but, <laughs> but I feel I feel like I, I I'm excited about feeling more full bodied. I just I feel like I'm using every molecule in my body in a way that I wasn't, and um and just yeah, just I feel you know you're doing the on stage you're shooting the master and the close up at the same time all the time. The I, physicality is physically is what I find really everything yeah. matters. Everything yeah. is communicating something to the audience. The amount of times I have somebody seen the show comment on what my hands did or something that you wouldn't have seen in right, right. Just I, I res- and you think about it but in you also are liberated. You don't have to think about it because you're just being honest top to bottom. It's not just this. And so, again, I'm the new guy. I, don't, I haven't gone back and forth, so I can't really speak to no, this. No, but, but that's I can speak to being excited feel, yeah. about um, feeling just um, uh, fully, um, just, 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 just full and, and, and ready to rock. It's a totally different experience. Well, and Ruth, having gone back and forth, do you find like, all right, so you come off a stage production, you go back to um, something in front of the screen and there's all the stop and go and there's the we need to do uh, just all the all the kind of different uh, to I, I don't know if it's fair to call it bullshit, but the stuff that is slows down and interrupts the process mm. they hear you go out and you just do what you what you have to do on stage. Is that yeah. uh, is that frustrating? That's um, no, no, I, no, I don't I don't think so. I think um, there's more things that can be frustrating than that. I think if it's if if you know if if there's a is if there's a, a, a fidelity to the story, I mean that's key. You know that's that's the number one. But I do think that like um, 
being on stage, like just this the spatial of awareness that you get as a as an actor on stage really helps uh, for me anyway during screen work because you can a choreography you can kind of see it you know um, you kind of can intuit it a bit better because you know, your whole life on stage is balancing the stage, balancing where you are from the other actor, you know, what is intimacy, what needs distance, how does, what does that, what does that signal? And for me, that kind of spatial awareness um, is that you, that you, you kind of, well, you learn in theatre school, but you also kind of learn on your feet on the stage, you know, you kind of instinctively go, oh, hold on, I need to be closer, or no, distance works better, or where is, where am I in relation to, to this sideboard or as a light, something like that. That stuff that you kind of just soak up. I, I, I just, I've noticed it's been invaluable for screen work, you know? That's been a huge um, learning curve for me. It's like, right. yes, if I, if I move here, now I've got to get back. How do I, just super basic stuff, but I, you have to be aware of all of it on stage because every, every, every motion counts. And it actually brings me to a question maybe I have for all of you all, because I think about, the freedom I gain through repetition and the discoveries you make after doing it your 70th, your 100th show. And then you go back to go on set when you're just going to do it one day and we're never going to say these lines ever again in our life. And you haven't had, we haven't worked this scene for t- three months. We're just going to do it this one day. Yeah, yeah. I, those are two different levels of, two different ways to get to an end. And I, you know, I, you know, I don't have the privilege of all that work to get to a spot. So you got you to gotta come ready. Uh, yeah. for that one morning yeah, and also at 7 a.m. and be able to that's the thing I've learned is be able to let it go as well mm. um, which I think I love the forensic nature of I, I love I love that's why I love two show days because you don't have to wait and sleep to come back the next night you go ah oh, that's oh, hang on yeah, I want to yeah, I can yeah, apply yeah. this uh, right now yeah onto the afternoon oh, I'm going to play and listen and and then you get to film and you you realize you're never really happy with anything right as an actor yeah. you never always but you have to learn to just leap and yeah. goodbye because tomorrow something completely different and I somehow I love that going back into the theater as uh-huh. well of all right we're just gonna play and we're gonna leap and yeah well, so having seen this from the inside just coming off of something you just said Hugh if you're a ticket buyer on a two-show day do you buy for the first show because people are fresh or the second show because as you've just <laughs> said maybe you've worked something out from the from the first show, what would you what would you do? Well, I'm. Uh, hmm. Sometimes matinees are snappy. Are kind Sometimes of awesome. they are. Yeah. 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 I love a matinee. Age, but literally, I turn up at the theater and we've got 21 Broadway debuts. There's more young people than I've ever seen in my yeah. life, and and they're like, Ugh. and I'm just like, with you. And I said, if like during the pandemic when there was no alarm clocks, I'm up at 5:30. Right. I'm in bed at 9:30. So like, <laughs> yeah. I'm already the old man. Yeah. Like, I love this question. <laughs> <laughs> I always go to a, I always go to a matinee. Okay. You do. Yeah, 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 me too. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody yeah. too. I love wow. that. Wow. Well, this is, is really good tips for people yeah. listening. And people <laughs> show up on Tuesday nights too. People like yes. well, yeah. this is what yeah. I was wondering. Some heavy cats will show up. Yeah. We started. Oh, yeah. We did. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Almost well, every Tuesday, I'm like, about the what, why is Matt David and Chris Rams on a Tuesday? It's a Tuesday. But then a Tuesday shows up. Yeah, Tuesday is really really good. Yeah, they are alive. But I'm always like, who would show up on a Tuesday? It's like people who think somebody was saying like, oh, I, was, I thought I should go on a Saturday night. And I was like, well, that's when people like are on a date. 
They think, yes. let's see a play. They don't think, let's see that play. Yeah. Hold <laughs> on. We got too many, too many things going oh, on. Well, this guy, this guy. Kind of, I remember after doing a play, I went on a film and uh, the first thing, we were in rehearsals and the director said, um, Hugh, can you, what do you like to do? Do you like to do your coverage first or, mm-hmm. or the other? And I said, I just don't really want you to talk in that way, if that's all right. <laughs> like, I don't want you to talk about my coverage or their coverage. Yeah. When you're in a play, it's, it's oh, that yeah. symbiotic. Oh, that's cool. You don't symbiotic. want to have yeah. like camera angles. No. Or the yeah, size. I, I agree. Well, no. there's the implication that you're going to yeah. give more, more or less. I don't want to look through the camera. You, I'm, I'm not even like, going to see the movie. Right. Like, why do you want to like... No, right. But isn't, yeah, isn't that question like, when do you want to give your all? Right, but when you're in the theater, yeah, that's what they're yeah. asking, right? Yeah, that's wow, because exactly. we're doing coverage of the most yeah. amazing. When are you really going to give it your all? Because you're going to phone it in a little bit when it's on her, right? Uh, so that implication is what you're. Are you going to phone it in yeah. when it's on her? <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what he was going mean, to do. For, for the listeners, I want to be clear. That's what he. Not in my watch. My watch, no. Right. What's so good about the theater? It really reconnection. But I listening, being you're creating something together. You know, I never done say that once saying something about uh, this younger actress and saying, no, she's learning. She's learning to save it for her close-up. Oh. And I was like, <gasps> so she's yeah. like no. not learning. Can't no, say no, it. No, oh, yeah. No. That's so commonplace that, in my experience in TV and film. That's so commonplace. It's not good though. It's bad habits. It's bad well, maybe these are people habit. who didn't work. Or in people the who well, leave. But is people it people who leave? Who leave? Say you don't mind if I. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's oh yeah. No. Well, if oh, you're gonna totally. ask, yeah, that's please leave. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And David straight there, and thinking of like a real actress who's like, I'm like David. You know, honey, like. It's a side of your shoe. You really don't need to stay in at <laughs> yeah, three in the morning. Yeah, that's and, different. Yeah. That's you know, different. Yeah. So it's like somebody like that who's like wants to be yeah. there, yeah. wants yeah. the side I, of their no, shoe totally. to like feed totally. your <laughs> performance when he's not even speaking. I once sent an actress flowers because I they had they made me leave. It was a mixture of uh, I think it was either doctor or turnaround or something, and I sent her because I, I couldn't be there. And I was like, you, you felt bad. Yeah. I felt yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah. It well, was, yeah. let's let's for a minute go back to just the kind of big picture stuff of Broadway. Um, there, do you guys feel, I mean, you, you, to some degree, I know Mary Louise, you said sometimes it's hard to see, even if you're looking at the audience to kind of see who's out there, especially now that everyone's wearing masks. But I guess you probably have a sense of the composition of your audiences for these shows. And I think pretty much across the, across the blocks of Broadway um, that comprise Broadway, there's there's definitely still, uh, despite some efforts, a predominantly older, white, wealthy crowd. And I guess it's to some degree always been that way. But I wonder, are a are people are there is enough being done to kind of address that? And part B, um, well, the t- tickets are so fucking expensive. Well, that's, that's what I, problem. that's part A. But yeah. but part B, um, isn't it just a long term uh, kind of screwing, screwing yourself to cash in, not, not you guys for the, for the community to be, uh, doing it this way, because in a way I think about it, like with you look at a Yankees game now to just as an example, young people who aren't from wealthy families can't afford tickets and that they may make more money now, but you, you've deprived your future audience. They're going to age out and then they're not going to be fans. Yeah. They're yeah. not going to, they're yeah. not exposed to it. So is there any, I mean, just curious, anybody jump in who has something to say, but like, the, doesn't what, London have that figured out better than we do? Yeah. yeah. I think how so? Right? Yeah. How so? 
It is more affordable in London, I believe. And oh, I know yeah. at the National, when there's I, all when those I heard what tickets. cost here, I was I couldn't believe it. Like, it's prohibitive. And there's a culture it's of whispering. going also. The, the yeah, cost that's the tickets. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no, like, yeah, 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 exactly. there is it's a standing room yeah. only, and people will stand because it's their culture, it's like, let's go to see a play. We used to, it's I'm not sure. such a foreign thing. Mm-hmm. And how young are you when you first go to a play? When you're a kid, you know? Well, in Orange, you're very young. I couldn't. Right. Sneak in the intermission. They can't really. I never now, really did that. Yeah, yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, but I, it was a long time before I could even afford. Somebody took me to my yeah. first Broadway. Yeah, yeah, like, sure, sure. So unbelievably Part, expensive. Yeah. But it seems to be your entry, your point of entry, how old you are, how people around you are they going? Is it culturally relevant to right. go see theater, but also is it probably expensive? I, I have. Uh, I didn't grow up going to theater, but I have certainly noticed um, our audiences. We have some TV stars in our show, so our audiences bring those folks to bear. So at Stage Door, we have a lot of young girls mm-hmm. at, at the show, young people, mm-hmm. um, actually increasingly. Uh, folks under 30, screaming, excited, that probably wouldn't be coming to to the theater necessarily, as, as they say, uh, otherwise. But then also, um, we had an incident that happened in my show. There's nudity, and there was a leak, fo- naked photo of me that, some horrible person decided to put on the internet without my permission. And, uh, that I have, I have, your son needs like, to be the usher at their show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah for real. Yeah. Never would have happened. I have, I get the impression that, um, you know, after, uh, Tony nominations come out and think a lot of things can change the tide of people coming to see a show. It's closing soon. A lot of things can bring mm-hmm. people to your theater. Mm-hmm. But since then I have noticed a, a more vocal, younger crowd um, and a little more of the expectation of a particular scene, um, which, uh, you know, it, there's, a, there's a lot of mixed feelings in there as a performer. You don't want to feel like a, a, a circus bear. Um, but you, uh, but there are also a lot of people coming to the theater that weren't going to come to the right, theater right. and seeing a story and, and, and experiencing something that Richard Greenberg wrote that is, a, that is spectacular and challenging and thought-provoking. Um, so however you got, you got the horse to water, maybe there's some value there. But I have noticed yeah. an age difference and, a, and an interactive experience right. difference. And, and look, it really matters, particularly when dealing with subject matter that is socially provocative. The audience matters. I've, I've seen a play with an all kind of white hair Upper West Side audience and I've seen the same play with only black people mm-hmm. and that was two different plays Yeah, and we have you can see these demographics in our audience 17 different it's like the beauty of New York yeah, right yeah. being on a subway car 17 different cultures side shoulder to shoulder experiencing the play differently and informing each other differently letting them in on a joke oh I didn't realize that oh that's something I wasn't oh there's a lot of light bulbs going off and, and also confusion. What the hell are they laughing at? That's actually mm-hmm. a really sensitive t- topic for me. Why is that funny? And, you know, there's a lot of interesting cross-pollination yeah. happening. Uh, just what you were talking about before, because I really have given this a lot of thought and yeah. I find it very disturbing What is yeah. and worrying what is happening, this idea of market forces being predominant and whatever the market can bear is good for the whole. And I don't think that's true. And, you know, I wrestle with it because, of course, uh, in some ways, I know I'm getting a wage, which is not what the other kids are getting in our show, and that probably impacts on ticket prices as well. And so, you know, I we have a ticket initiative for people, and I give a portion of my wage to people who have never been to the theatre, but this is really topical. It's not really getting to the root of the problem. And I, I don't know if 
you guys saw there was an article uh, I think yesterday, yeah, yesterday about his name Welch. He was the CEO of General Electric. It was in the New oh, York yeah. Times, and talked about how he came in and redefined what a CEO is and what you can get paid and it changed everything. And then General Electric very quickly became the biggest company in the world. And of course, now it's dissolved. And the whole theory was what is good in the short term or what seems like the market can bear long term is really dangerous. And because he was getting paid a lot, eventually it became what we'll do whatever gets the ticket prices or whatever the stock price up, then they laid off and then they weren't investing in new things. They went anyway. So I think the same is true for the theater. We have to be very proactive about this to protect what the theater audience looks like 20, 30 years from now. And, And if we're only really making it accessible to people who have a lot of money or the very few lucky ones who get a free ticket somehow through some initiative, which is probably 3% of the audience, you know, we're going to end up just having a a system where people are not coming and they're not in the tradition. I think there are a lot of flaws within the system also because I've done a lot of plays at not-for-profit theatre on Broadway and only made, like, you know, my assistant makes more than me usually when I do Broadway and... uh, I, I feel like there are a lot of flaws within. I, I didn't even know, actually, which is slightly embarrassing, that because uh, I just didn't ask. I thought, well, I'm just not going to make anyone know this play. But that how disparate it is for the playwrights and the directors and the actors at the not for profit theaters, and how, you know, the director, our director, <laughs> and is still getting paid. And so it's confusing to me that. Uh, it's, it's just, you know, and that that some wages are so high and that the prices are so just exorbitant. How is, at, how is it ever anyone going to even consider coming to the theater mm. if it's $125 for a bad seat? And it's already prohibitive uh, enough. You have to be able to get to yeah, New York. Yeah, but there's something about the, the not-for-profit theaters that yeah. they draw a lot of people who want to do a limited run. Right. They draw a lot of people who, and they attract people who um, haven't done a lot of theaters, right. sometimes like people who are TV stars or right. whatever. Right. Um, and there's some, I think there's some flaw within that system mm-hmm. also yeah. that doesn't feel quite Right. I, I, I know that ours yeah. offers like thirty, like you know, thirty dollar tickets for people under thirty, and student student yes. ID gives you half price, and these things that yeah. seem to be Help, yeah. Uh, yeah. not only just a nice offer, but they're being utilized. Yeah. People taking advantage of them. So uh, you know that was thought that was. I think the thing the thing is is like with anything at the moment, it's really important to keep questioning the status quo, isn't it? Like a, a pal of mine said recently, she works in like um. Uh, set and scene work and film and TV and you know she said I'm really tired of hearing you know well that's just uh, well, the way the business is run you know she said, uh, you know that's just the way it is and you know and she said you know that's that's the way it's run now but it doesn't have to be like right. that you know what I mean and and I think there's this kind of idea that we kind of just go oh sure that's the way it's always been so mm-hmm. that's the way it's always going to be you've you know? got to ask questions yeah you I'm kind of curious about hold on really does it need to be like that and how can we change I keep right. being curious about how we can find ways to sort of, yeah. you know, because I'm guilty of it. I go, I'm kind of like, well, sure, isn't that like, what can we do? We, can, what we, there's probably a lot more we can do. We just have to keep like being loud about it, you know. And I think in terms of plays and 
in terms of getting people into the theatre that is, you know, so it's not just this kind of, I don't know, sort of playhouse for the elite is that it's, it's about people wanting to see, people will come and s- to see themselves on stage, you know, and I, I want to see, I want to see people like me and I want to see people different as well, but I don't want to see, I want to see me occasionally. And I think it's about encouraging all different kinds of people to be involved in our business, to be playwrights, to be actors, to be directors. Well, your show be, certainly, I mean, we should just, just note if anyone is thinking from, hasn't seen it, hasn't heard much and they're thinking this is sort of a stuffy Shakespearean, you know, thing. No, I mean, you have... Uh, an actor in a wheelchair. You have a colorblind casting. You have uh, all kind. I mean, it's also Intention- Miller lights. Yeah, intentional casting, not colorblind. Intentional, intentional casting. Me, yeah. Yes, and and drinking. You know, but also just the perspective of the the way the story is told. As Sam saying, drinking Miller lights, yeah. Yeah, yeah. saying boo, and all kinds but of. But you know what? Even with that, like that is very modern. But you know, yeah. for me, I'm I'm kind of like I feel like Shakespeare is modern even if you strip away anything everything yeah. all the modernities it's actually real. it's the language of the people do you know what I mean and I think that's why for me it, for me it's kind of like uh, it actually suits sort of like my accent you know the Irish accent because actually it wasn't an elitist art form it was like it was kind of this kind of uh, like kind of just kind of a place where you know people ran amok and you popped in and out and you caught his speech but you didn't catch the rest of the speech do you know what I mean so it's a it's actually he's actually really democratic as a playwright and I think we forget that that that's where the origins of theatre come from mm. you know they're for, the, do for the people some sometimes the um I don't know if you guys feel this way too, but sometimes just the, oh, today's a student matinee thing. And I felt like for our show, it was not a good show to do a student matinee for, but I wanted to have students there. So I said, could we please have them in, talk to them about their lives, about them, talk to, and spend more time with them actually, do some scenes from the play. And, you know, yeah, then they brilliant. could go home and it was mm. really amazing. I had to push really, really hard, but uh, we got to spend a lot of time and I just sat, I went out early and just sat and talked to them about their lives and yeah. theater. And I said, you know, I thought, kind of thought, I wondered about this play coming out and just showing you the play and you feeling like we were over there and you were over yeah. here and to feel like, oh, we're the actors. This is why we're doing this play. And some of it is really uh, touchy. So you're going to see the film of it later. And I said, if anybody wants to come back and see it, you know, uh, of course, no one ever told me that they did, but um, I thought I would get them a ticket. But um, just, I think there should be more of student, more student programs like that. That's so that you get That's people right. younger. Yeah. Did you, I want to make sure I'm getting this. Schools. This sounds awesome. So you, from scratch, you didn't, they didn't just watch the play. You sat with them, yeah. did a couple scenes had, and talked about your, just, mm-hmm. your and I brought the characters and I said, oh, this wow. is why I was afraid of doing the, just presenting this play to you because of Some the context. subject matter. It's difficult for a lot of, you know, yeah. adults. And, and I wanted to talk to you and see how you felt about that. And we'll show you this scene and how do you relate to, th- and they had them write scenes and we performed no. them. Oh, wow. No, it was so great. That's amazing. This is awesome. Uh, yeah. It was great. And um, and we just read them cold. Yeah. And a couple of them were really great. And we're just like, okay, you'll read Donna and David Morris. You'll you'll wow. read Phoebe. And we did them for them. They were so excited. They had of the playwrights stand yeah. up, and so they feel like theater is not so. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, you can be part of it, and I think that would That's be something brilliant. to implement more uh, in the theater instead of just well, today we're doing a student matinee, and right. you know. Well. 
just for a second to come back though to something that that Jesse brought up. I mean, there. I think again, the vast majority of people behave themselves the way they should. But I mean, I have to wonder, uh, just to whatever extent you're comfortable speaking about. It. I mean, what you get nominated for a Tony on whatever Tuesday and Wednesday, literally the next day. It was you, the same day. The same day. That the, that the leak came out. The same bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. And so. It's not the first time it's happened. There are there's increasing uh, efforts I know on, on Broadway and its stand up comedy and elsewhere to lock up phones and whatever. But obviously, it's not foolproof. Um, just so that people understand that there is a you know these are sometimes I think for the audience, uh, most audience members they look up and you guys seem like you're from another world. You're not. There's not a human being as much as a, a idea there. Um, it has it affects people's lives and it i'm sure it has i i wonder if it made it harder for you to just go back out and keep doing what you'd been doing before no it you know when it when it happened i i still am figuring processing how i feel about it sometimes you need some remove from some of this stuff cuz it's um there were there were things that came out that if you can be lighthearted about it it could laugh and laugh it off and but then also you think about what actually happened and what it took and the commitment, the agreement that we made in the theater, you walked in and you agreed to not, we put your phones away and you agreed you will not film what we're doing. It is a private sacred space. We're doing something and you violated that and you didn't just, you didn't just violate it. You violated it. And then said, okay, let me put it on the internet for the world without the, yeah. So that's, that's not good, but I've got a show to do tonight, you know, and they're coming, they came from all over the world to come see this show and you, and you push through. I don't, um, and this was, this was a possibility. So I, I have to be of two kind of hearts about it. One is it's not the end of the world. I've got to, I've got to do a terrific show. Got to do eight of them this week. And, and, um, it can't, I can't let it pervert or seep into that experience. I've got to, I'm, I'm not, it's not me on stage. It's the character. And I'm looking at my scene partner and we're do, we're in a different world. It's not, there's no, um, penetration. It's a really poor choice of words there, but, but, um, so there's that, but then sometimes as you pontificate or sit, or, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, but whatever. I mean, this, um, it has, it has not affected the performance. There was a part of a lot of times with this stuff I've had the, I, I understand the idea that's supposed to be scary, but it's actually not scary. If that makes sense. Like even doing the show for and planning in the years running up to it, everybody's like, what do you mean? Like you're going to be naked on stage, but not naked. Like your butt. Like, no, oh, really? Aren't you scared? Aren't everybody's like projecting their right, feelings? Right. You're doing that? You're, it's about what now? Whoa, let me tell you all the reasons why you, you should feel. And I just, okay, I get it. I understand that. But I, I don't have those feelings. And in this case, you know, you're feeling, yeah, now people are coming with an expectation, right? And, and, and waiting for that moment. Yeah, 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 cool, cool. Wait, when, when's that scene? When's that? But, so I'm aware of it. But I, it just, it's just not allowed. I can't, it doesn't cross this line. I'm here to work. I'm here to, I'm here to tell a story and honor the words and, and what we've built. We've built something that's way more important than what, what, ha, what is popular, what was trending on the internet yesterday. It doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter. None of this matters. I see, you know, I, I, I used to say to my uh, students, I used to teach high school and um, used to say, you know, like, because high school is obviously a very terrifying place and there's a lot of pressure and who's popular and what's cool. It's like, who was the coolest kid in fifth grade? Who ran, who was the, who was the boss in kindergarten? Who was the coolest kid in, in seventh grade? You don't remember. Yeah. It right. doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter. 
this shit doesn't it, that 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 I've got to just kind of let that go now. The last thing I would say is I spent I'm almost 42. I spent that that long 42 years without having a naked picture of myself on the internet to be passed around and made into a meme. Right now I've got the ne- the ne- second <laughs> half of my life. We'll see. Right. I don't know what that's like. It's not what wasn't the plan. Why is Good it that you. they can't? Because can't they do that at concerts where they shut down? Didn't oh, the signal? Phone? Can't they? Yeah. Oh. Why oh. do they not want to do that? I that might be it a might si- well. You know what? I uh, so just to be clear, we put our we put our phones in yonder in bags, uh, so they're locked. But of course, people could find ways around that, and these people did. But we also had once, and I'm sure you've all experienced this. Uh, we needed 911. Somebody had a seizure during our uh, show. Oh. Not that, not because of that scene, um, <laughs> but but somebody had a, somebody had to call. You know, there was you heard a kerfuffle. <laughs> you, heard, you heard a kerfuffle in the audience, if that's still a word. And then you heard somebody be like, "Call 911," and nobody had their phones because everybody, right, everybody's right. phone is in a bag. So an usher had one, and then the gentleman was fine and walked off under his own But shrink. what did they do 40 years ago when there was no phones? Well, there, there's there's got to right. be a way that you're, somebody's standing in the box 19 office. years you're ago right. with you're the right. same... Is there a doctor in the house? You're right. I'll you're take right. it. Well, but, but Jesse, That's 19... That's interesting about the signal, though. I, I hadn't thought about yeah, that this time around. somebody had written something about... A, I think it was... Is it Madonna or someone who was able to shut down... Yeah. Everything mm-hmm, at uh, wow. her concert, so you can't wow. use a phone. You can't. Um, There's something twisted about human, of some humans' nature, because this same thing happened 19 years ago with someone in the original "Take Me Out." From what I understand, it wasn't pictures were leaked of that fo- of that show. Yeah, but that was 20 years ago. Right. Um, and it's, it's there was not. I don't think there was a phone. Uh, no, we don't even phones? know. Who knows how? And it wasn't put on social media. I mean, things have changed. But the point is, yeah, behave yourselves if you go to. We go have to cameras a show. in the theater yeah. though, today, <laughs> for the stage manager. You know, for people to watch when they're light cues and stuff. So we would probably need a signal for our cameras or something. I don't know. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna do some yeah, work on this. I, I, I just. Do. I wonder because I know yeah. that they can. They there must be a way to shut it down, but yet yeah. have. Well, it certainly improved ticket sales, so there's some winners <laughs> and losers here. Well, um, better, better than if so, it didn't improve ticket sales. A, a conspiratorial <laughs> agenda. Right. But just to not have the lights go down and walk out and see a face lit up with the phone. Yeah. It's nice. I mean, it's wonderful. I just have- well, with our last minute, I want to just do something a little lighter. First thing that comes to anyone's mind, don't be shy. Please just first thing that comes to your mind. How you feel about entrance applause? No. <laughs> it's hilarious. Sarah, I have, what is this? Uncomfortable. This thing. No, you can no, you can never you can heard of shut it, it down. I'm oh, telling here, here you. Here comes I'll, I'll, I'll tell it. you. Do you want to know? Yes. Okay. So um, Heisenberg, we entered. This is my idea because this is how much I loathe it. We <laughs> I entered with the stage manager. In my costume, who gave the cell phone speech as we entered? Never got it because we, we weren't acting. <laughs> oh, we were, like, that's clever. Yeah, yeah, that okay. is. Yeah. Uh, Wait, dead and man's then- cell phone had a hat on. Other people talking, lifted up. Nobody saw it. Okay, this play started speaking in the dark. Sound and tonight started speaking in the dark. That's that speaking was in the dark. Your, I saw was. Paul and Paul wow. Newman do it once, uh, very slowly speaking, turning around. Like you can, I think two really times good. I've gotten um, entrance. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking I, in the like, dark. Uh, which, of course, I, it's not like. I want to know how you get it. It doesn't make me mad, but I just. Exactly. It just makes me get it. Just for a friend. And there are ways, and it's really interesting if you can find a creative way to. Yeah. Uh, shut it down because like who what wants to feel at the very midway, top what if you enter midway through the play that's really rough <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's yeah. what happens in our play a no, few times right. there was and, a, that happened in um, the last time yeah. that I got it was snow geese because I didn't really <laughs> it's know a good how to problem to have it's a good problem right. it is, I don't so know it is I don't think it, it is. is distracting no because yes. then you start the play feeling so like you're an actor in a play it doesn't help you it's like what's worse than that sure alright let's keep this i that actually because I feel uncomfortable with it. And so I now uh, think actually Harold Hill, who thinks he's the greatest con man in the dig, dig it. So he's whole and that's actually informed my whole yes. show. Like sure, because you can break he, the fourth he, wall. He right. says the kid says, What band? I go, I always think there's a band kid. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I always yeah. think there's an audience. I always think I'm on that's Broadway great. with fifteen hundred people think <laughs> totally. I'm the greatest yeah. thing. So, totally. And that's well, been fun. It's Absolutely. also interesting because we I think we the audience thinks that they're doing it to show you love, right? Yeah. They're right. doing right. a gesture of appreciation. So how, there's no, how else would you, unless you tell them, don't do that. But right. do it later if you like a different scene. Right. Just don't do it when we enter. <laughs> I did get it. Like, how do you I communicate you that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my nice. God. Just once. That that nice. <laughs> nice. Oh, wow. Okay, so just to keep this going. Even on one more second, it, it happened one night because there was somebody was going, shuffling down to their seat. One more second. There was. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, just because yeah. we got a few of these to get through, just again, the first thing comes okay. through your mind. Here we go. Most annoying thing that audience members do, aside from illegal recordings, etc. But otherwise, first, let their phones ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, just ring. <laughs> um, and the lo- of course, just the long crinkle of what yes. in God's name are you unwrapping? Boiled sweets. What are you unwrapping? <laughs> and when they're trying to do it, sl- I think yeah. they're trying to be yeah. quiet, but you're just making it take 20 yeah, minutes. Right. Just, just pull it. off the band-aid. Yeah. 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 Commentating. Commentating. Yeah. Oh, Isn't that amazing? Oh, he's left-handed. Yeah, yeah. he's left-handed. <laughs> That's interesting. In yeah. <laughs> just having a conversation. Yeah, like, there's not a quick remark. I've heard people just yeah. talking. Yeah. They're just watching TV. We had a this is boring no. Oh. Yeah, oh. that they left. Well, so that was good riddance. Yeah, oh. excruciating. Oh. Okay, what what you do on your day off when you're not sharing your time with us? <laughs> Sleep. Sleep. Mm-hmm. Say no to all appointments or all calls. Appointments. Okay. Uh, beer, chips, gym, <laughs> maybe a movie. That's ambitious. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's ambitious. It just depends on my kids, really. Most uh-huh. of all, yeah. 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 Like I, I'm. Like a I have a big thing tonight. Full like my son. My son did a movie that he funded from Magic Lessons. Wow! Is having a screening? Yeah, which please everyone's welcome. That's amazing. Uh, Yeah, and so I'm going to go to that. That's great. I, I cook. I hang around. I've got a 16 and 22 year old, so I'm literally like a lovesick sort of puppy. I'm a, I just yeah. read in the kitchen, looking like I'm reading. <laughs> yeah, and they're coming attention. in. They're, they're ignoring me. <laughs> I'm reading. I'm reading. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> hang out what tonight? Got, no. Okay. What are you guys watching tonight? <laughs> yeah. no, whatever. Like, could I? No, no, I'm literally. Like yeah. Most superstitious. I am so My daughter knocked on my door last night. Oh, came in. On. She wanted to show me something, and I was it's like, "It's the greatest." Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Most superstitious thing you. Do each each show. Oh or God, each day. I'm so superstitious. I couldn't even tell you. Oh you can't God. tell us no. because you're 
you're so super, uh, no. but there are things. I'm superstitious about my superstitions. <laughs> I grab my suitcase. This prop guy has it out there behind the train. I'm there and I grab it and I have to think and I flip it once and I grab it there and I give it to him. Oh, and cool. when cool. he was not on, I was, uh, he was off on another show. There's another prop guy and I'm like, um, <laughs> wow. I've never done that on any other show, but somehow now yeah. it's impossible to go on oh, without wow. it. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Sam, your guy, you know, your character's I, pretty. I, he's, he's seems par- to be super. Maybe he's paranoid. Yeah. yeah, I loathe superstition so yeah. much. Yeah, probably because I, I. It's just something I don't like about it. But I, to be, if I'm being honest with myself, I probably am superstitious about certain things. And I do, if I didn't do a vocal warm-up, I'd be, okay. I'd be, I'd be, yeah, scared. Isn't that okay. professional? Not superstitious. <laughs> 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 That's a good way. You're right. Okay. I guess you're right. That's but funny. some people, this is their vocal warm-up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Jesse, Ruth? You know what I mean? Uh, I stand in the wings and say a, uh, uh, give thanks. I stand in the wings before every show while the house is, is chattering and just take my hat off because we have a start the show with that and just say a, you know, prayer of gratitude for nice. everything in my life and then get started. Um, well, see, I'm playing a woman who sort of laughs in the face of superstition. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I'm really superstitious oh, usually. Are? So I, I kind of am using this as an opportunity to surrender a bit. Nice, Do you nice. know what I mean? And it's because for me, that's important because I can get crippled by my superstition and my anxiety. Um, so that's, this is, that's, that's my challenge one. that I've set myself. And um, yeah, I just, yeah, a warm up. Nice. All right. So, sort of similar question, but if if somebody else was in your dressing room, what would they find the most noteworthy, uh, unusual, noteworthy, whatever? Marilise, we'll come back. We'll come back. I, uh, this is easy for me. I I keep it there because it makes me laugh. But on opening night, I walked in and Ryan Reynolds had two massive portraits of himself. <laughs> One. <laughs> So on my makeup mirror was Gene Kelly's famous kick, right? It's a famous pose with his face reimposed. It's super amazing on top of it. Good luck with your little show. I didn't stop laughing for about a minute and I turned around to go to my bathroom and there was another one of him literally framed. So him. That's amazing. It's amazing. Everyone walks in and goes. That's incredible. Okay. That's don't a, be shy. Don't be shy. Yeah. Jump in. Who's that? I haven't been burgled. That that's yeah. just my, what my dressing room looks like. Because I'm so yeah. messy. <laughs> messy. My son gave me some um, Ethiopian frankincense. That I have I have an Yum. altar all nice. the time. And uh, my daughter's. I believe you're happy. I was born in Addis. Yeah. Addis. Nice. Yeah. I love. It's my love my favorite city. Yeah. Um, and so he got me some nice frankincense. Nice. So. My room is. Boring. It's same as my trailers. They're always a mess. They always look like I'm staying there for a day. <laughs> um, it's 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 kind of just pictures of my kids everywhere, and then just half opened things. Yeah. yeah, CBD cream and stuff for pain, and, yeah, and yeah. Uh, my, yeah. my 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 box for my bad feelings from my. Oh, right, right, right. right. Box. Yeah. The, the thing person ever. whose attendance at your show, other than a family member, has meant the most to you. Oh wow. Holly Hunter, uh, was, we got excited about her. That's cool. Yeah, I know that. We got really excited about her. Well, Seamus Heaney, but that's because I was in a play that he wrote. <laughs> okay, well, that's a good, so. that's a good, good one. I don't know. A lot of, I mean, I've got a lot of extended family that I really appreciate that's come. My kids can't come to the play, but they 
really wanted to, so I let them come to the vocal warm-up, and they got to watch Dad be really silly on stage and nice. make silly sounds and, <laughs> and, and all of that, and that was really heartwarming. But I, I, I don't have a great answer otherwise. I'm always, look, you know, I'll, actually, I'll be honest, anybody, because this is the first time, and I, and I um, say this very future-facing, no disrespect to anything else I've done, but this is really the first time I feel like other actors and filmmakers are seeing my work. Right. I was on a very successful show, which has its own audience, which is, you know, it's, everybody watches it, but uh, you could all say nobody watches it. Like it's a different, it's got its own category and yeah. clearly is dominant. So I don't, it doesn't yeah. need my comments, but this is my first time doing work where people, artists that I really look up to and respect, I can't believe I'm sitting at this table with you all right now is what I'm saying is like, and seeing other, other incredible actors and directors in the lobby like and they know my name and they've seen my work and i've made them i've they felt something as opposed to i'm known for my political work right, and remarks right. and appearances and positions but not the craft right and uh so this is i feel like i'm 11 years old like this is the first time i'm seeing great. uh other actors are seeing me act um and in some ways maybe seeing me seeing myself yeah. be pushed to a place uh, that that's new so i am i am consistently kind of like whoa so-and-so came up to me and said they really liked it. That's great. Or you came up to me and said, like, right. you know, it's like, I've never, I haven't experienced that. I had, a, I have my demographic of folks that watch that, uh, Grays and this is, you know, oh, totally great. brand new. Very nice. So. You, Todd, so, uh, you, you oh, had Jill a, Biden. you, yeah, so oh, you had, wait, Jill Biden came to, she did. How I learned to, oh, Jill yeah, Biden. And no one's allowed to, no, Jill, no one's allowed to, I, I don't want to know. Yeah, I don't want to know either. So I managed to get yeah. off oh my stage, God. and it was like, and they literally <laughs> stage manager met. I'm glad. So now you meet the first, first lady, <laughs> and I was like, well, that's a good. But that's it was good, good that I managed to get on stage without an officer <laughs> without knowing. Do not yeah. say. It. Do no. not. Do not yeah. tell me. No, I tried I the first know. month of our show. Everybody tells me I don't know, and I was like, it's fine. I was getting people tickets and knowing, and like. Four, three weeks in, I was like, "This is a horrible idea." I'm to know. Just, just, just thinking about anything. Right. Yeah, they yeah. gonna like that? Yeah. They like that? It's super basic. Horrible. Now I, I really don't want to know. And people, exactly, they still you tell them, and they right. still they see you text. Especially hey, actors. Actors, actors are the worst. Don't right. tell me. I just told you not to tell me. No better. Right. They, they text. Oh yeah, I'm coming to you. <laughs> yeah, right. it's like what? like don't tell me that, and I have to get like a temporary amnesia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. I try to dump it right away. Don't be shy. You gotta have one. You gotta have. There's a bunch of people come to my mind, but the one of the ones I found out afterwards was uh, Barbara Cook's son-in-law. And so Barbara Cook, who I knew, it was a really great mentor of mine. Um, and she was incredible. And she was in the original production wow. of, and I think one of the greats yeah. of all time, yeah, yeah. Yes. one of the great actors who just happened to be an incredible singer. But every time she sang, all you got was thought and feeling. Like it was incredibly yeah. believable. Oh, that's great. And, yeah. and so he sent me a... Uh, an Aboriginal artist in Australia had done a bust of her, and that just meant a lot to me. Nice. And just, nice. yeah, nice. that meant a lot. Well, the last one, and we're just going to go around the horn on this one the number of shows per week that you wish you had. <laughs> Jesse? Oh, I'm okay with, I'm okay. I'm okay with our number of shows. Look, we're going to close. We're going to do seven shows in the last four days. Wow. And we're going to do seven shows in four days this week, um, which I'm, a little worried about, but it'll be fine because everything else, you know, like we were saying, how am I going to do it? I'm going to do it. It's right. going to, it's going to, whatever the challenge is set before us, we do it. Yeah. Um, but I'm okay with this. I'm okay with the eight, the eight shows a yeah, week. Right. I wouldn't really want less. Okay. Ruth? I think, I think for me, it's just about kind of uh, stamina. 
You know what I mean? Like that to me is like I'm obsessed with like making my energy last, you know, and figuring out how to balance. I'm obsessed with balance, you know, for the energy, obsessed with it at the moment. But like, so you, you here have um, um, your dark day on Monday. So I'm used to it being on a Sunday. So that means that you've got like your Friday night show, your two shows on a Saturday and your matinee on a Sunday. That's tough. That's a lot. Yeah. Like that's four shows in less than 48 hours. Right, but that Sunday night is gold, isn't it? Do that little freebie, that Sunday night because you have nothing Monday? No. <laughs> No, no, no. I don't know. Having well, Sunday no, off. I don't know. No, here. I, I love that I don't Sunday. know because I don't know. I don't know yet. Come back to me after the run. I like okay. having the Sunday matinee. Do you? Then have Sunday night too. all yes. day Monday and yes. then Tuesday. Yeah, totally. It's also when my kids come, so it's like I, I pace it out. But when you say that about stamina, are you... Are you implying kind of pacing yourself, saving something in your reserve? No. You know you have Well, yeah, shows about left. that. Like, I just think that four shows over two days is like... Oh, yeah, it is. and I worry about burnout. Like I don't mind the work, the hard work. I just right. worry about like kind of how to like make sure yeah, that you're totally. like well said, just yeah. on yeah. the floor, right. you know, sure. because you need to be. Yeah, Sam, what's your number? Yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, I would say seven. Would seven, be, okay, would be one a the day way to or go. not seven. Uh, no, yeah. no, I think I think I think maybe come back. Uh, well, Cranston had it for um, yeah. all the way. Tony Goldman. Oh, yeah, oh, oh, oh. Network. network. Yeah. It. How did they do I did, it? I didn't Not, they didn't do two Saturday or maybe um, they come. They 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 had two full days. I think Tuesday off. I'm also. not quite sure when they came that would back. Be amazing. <laughs> but it was only <laughs> seven. Yeah. Um, I don't mind. I don't mind eight. But if I had my way, there'd be six matinees. And two evening shows. Oh, interesting. Oh, that's in, cool. in every way. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah, right? that's yeah. a great idea, actually. And then <laughs> you're home at 4.30 and bang, hang with the kids that's and cook idea. and oh, be with your cool. family. Yeah. Wow. And that evening thing is tough, yeah. yeah. But then how convenient. And it keeps a lot of actors away from the theatre who've got kids. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For good yeah. reason. Right. Yeah. It's a horrible, shows really I've good done idea, have actually. had no intermission. Yeah. I don't know why. So that's why it's that's like golf. I get home in time. It's yeah, the Wednesday night. Can Monday. we just that's note you're going... If you're doing an evening show. Your show, show will be... You will be in your show through... January. In January. Insane. And you started in December, December. of yeah. 2021 <laughs> going to January of 2023. Mm. And that's not even, that's the same length as Boy From Us, right? The yeah. 14 months. Mm-hmm. How but do you keep the stamina? Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm feeling good. I don't know why. Uh, I think it's part, a lot to do with the show and the company. And I, I feel different than I did on Boy From Us. I am really excited about it. I don't know. I'm, I'm enjoying it. It doesn't feel but let's too overwhelming. You're a beast. Come on. Yeah. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're an after. Yeah. 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 Work on it. I was ready. It sounds like the subject, the subject matter to you talk about it. It's very, it's a joyful experience. Yeah. yeah. Right. There is sometimes where I'm flat and within three scenes, I'm like, wait. Yeah. It's a fueling you. It's great. That's yeah. cool. So that's yeah. Mary Louise, yeah. close this out. What's the number? Especially two back to back seasons having a, a show here. This I, is, I, I actually was supposed to go from the sound inside yeah. into, I went straight into you were gonna go I right shipped home my stuff God. from one dressing room to the other. Oh my God. It was the only way we could do it. But I had accidentally some flaw in equity said that I was allowed to somehow do 12 in a row of the sound inside. Like what? if they feed you and it's over at Christmas when somebody's Somebody walks under your window and something, I don't know, it was some weird thing in equity. And I ended up doing 12 of that show, which was quite a lot of, it's a lot of work. Well, you're saying you did 12 of that show. Uh-huh. 12 days straight? It, no, 12, 12 shows in a row. 
of Without a Day Off of yeah. that play, which is a lot uh, of yeah. play um, yeah. for one person because it's mostly just the woman. Yeah. Uh, so after that, I kind of would take... At seven sounds great because I get to the yeah, theater quite early. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not as though... I think if I if I sh- rolled up at a half hour, but seven with a two show day or or uh, one a day. I don't know. I, I kind of love some version of, of your you idea, but it was funny. My daughter saw an actor once coming to the theater, and she said, "Oh, mom, they're really late." I said, "No, honey, it's not half hour yet. Most people get to the right theater there, half yeah. hour." And she was like, "Yeah, no." Why do you go three hours? <laughs> I go an hour and a half early too. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'll get a, Smart. I, I go I know th- two hours. Out. Can I share an idea? Because I want all you guys to be part Please. of it. It's a half-baked idea yeah. that I have that I've been brewing for about three years. And <laughs> yes, my okay. Wife, my, yeah. wife calls it, <laughs> yeah. my wife calls it matinee idols. And I, let's say it's Circle in the Square, right? So you have a company of actors. And for every part, whatever play we're doing, there's two actors per part. So you rehearse it in that way where you're just symbiotically going through and you do Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, matinee. So you use the space. You just find it's not set. It's simple. Use whatever set is there or not. Just move things to the side. Is it the same play? You do whatever play for however long you want, and you play whatever. So and you we alternate. Al- you're saying we all, you can alternate. Jesse, oh, dude, I've, got, I've I just got a film. I got to go. So don't worry, you know, because Sam's got the role as well, and we can come in and we can charge twenty bucks a ticket because you're using a space that's already yeah, been paid yeah. for by the evening show. Yeah. And as an actor, you just do four shows a week, like you Brilliant. do four matinees a week. So if you're, I don't know, you're a young mother or a young father and yeah. you want to be home at night and it's not so too it's kind of a non-committal collective workout sort of yes mm-hmm. and so for me it's not like oh it's 18 years since i've done a musical or it's four years since i've done a play because when you do a play you know you have to commit a year in advance and to get that theater and then you don't yeah. know what's happening in the film world and it's hard and yeah, you totally. know that's my heart yeah. i so, love that that's cool you love that's that? cool i like that a lot you're always yeah. that's I actually, right when do we the group, the I wanted to buy the cherry lane because I had this idea that to do something like that, but yeah. I wanted to to use kids because I used to have a drama camp in the summer and I used to bring like teens yeah. to my house and do plays and do Chekhov and theater. And I thought of like bringing people in and having people like you guys come and play parts with the kids and older people playing younger people, yeah. younger people and having like the, the ticket prices not be super expensive right. and having so that some parts would be interchangeable. Like right. this person could come in at this point and do you doing, you know, the three sisters, but you will have this person, you'll play Olga this month and the kids play the I know I have like Amazing. a school attached to it so kids yeah. who can learn about theater and, and I just need somebody to buy the cherry lane for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's cool well guys we uh on behalf of everyone at The Hollywood Reporter and everyone listening, thank you so much. It's really uh, a treat to get to speak with you. And everyone should go catch these shows, which, that Jesse, I think is the, the biggest time crunch because you guys are going through. Yeah, we've got eight shows left. We've got a so Tuesday, Tuesday and Wednesday. Wednesday. Oh, so Mary Louise and Jesse. Friday, Tuesday, but, uh, and, our, and hats off to doing an Actors Fund performance doing an actors in your last fund week. Friday matinee. With when is yours busy- close? Same as Saturday night? Sunday. Sunday. Wow. Yeah. Which Sunday is? Sunday Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay, great. Which we will know also on Sunday. I, I, there might be, uh, yeah, I'm not. The there could be somebody at your 75th match. Tony Awards. Have a lot of fun. Good luck. Thank you guys Thank so you. much. Thank really you. Thank you.
Thanks very much for tuning in to Awards Chatter. We really appreciate you taking the time to do that and would really appreciate you taking a minute more to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or your podcast app and to leave us a rating as well. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach me via Twitter at twitter.com slash Scott Feinberg. Until next time, thanks for joining us. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu visit.